Okay, well, welcome back to Wonder and Sunder. It's been a little while since it's we've last had our last po- podcast, so... Almost two months? Yes. It's been, it's been a little too long. I know. <laughs> we threw the holidays in there, and then now, um, yes, and then it's hard to get restarted again. But I am Sue, and we have... Uh, I'm Josh. And? And we have someone who actually reached out to us, which is super Yay. exciting. Uh, we have Sam with us. Sam, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Samantha. Yeah. And, well, we're uh, glad you're here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Because, you know, as we have this, um, when we wonder and sunder, sunder means that um, every random passerby has a life as interesting and complex as our own. And so... What we love to do is just hear the stories and then people become less random and more we know each other, which is the part we like. Samantha, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm Samantha. I'm a mom. Um, Well, I work here at Zion. I've been here since uh, October 2009. And that's an interesting story behind that one. It's just like um, serendipity kind of. So it's, It's like one of those things where it's too much of a coincidence to merely be a coincidence. Right. And for me, it's a God thing. Like, I I feel like God wanted me here Mm -hmm. at Zion. So how did it start? Well, someone had told me that that there was a sign up on the front desk at Zion um, that they were looking for someone to work in the nursery. Yep. And I had worked in a daycare center prior, and they knew that I loved kids, and I was looking for a job, so they mentioned it to me. And I, I lived just like right down the road at the time. So I was like, oh, well, I'll go apply and see what happens. And so I filled out an application. And about a month later, um, still hadn't heard anything. And my ex and I decided to uh, switch phone service providers. Cut it. And uh, so we did that. And I wasn't able to bring my my old cell phone number over. And I figured, well, you know, they probably hired someone. It wasn't meant to be. It, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a week after that, we went down to the park. I didn't want to go to the park. I, I didn't want to go. And Oh, I have those days. He's like, let's, <laughs> let's bring our son down to the park. And I was like, I don't want to go. He's like, well, and because of the nature of our relationships, and he wanted to go, we went, which actually worked out to be a really good thing for me. So we go down to the park, and um, there's this lady, and she's got a little baby, and she's got a little boy about my son's age. And so my son and her son are playing. And I go over to her and I'm like, oh, your baby's so cute. How old? And I notice she's got a little name tag on her shirt. And it oh. says Zion Lutheran Church. Oh, cool. Child care coordinator. Oh. And I go, oh, you work at Zion? I applied for a job there. And she goes, you did? And I was like, yeah, about a month ago. And she she like just like froze. And she was like, you're kidding me. I said, no, why? She And she said that they had recently had a staff meeting and the then director of operations had mentioned that she'd gotten um, an application for someone to work in the nursery, but when she tried to call them, their number was no longer in service. Yep. And I was like, oh, that was me. Wow. And she goes, oh my gosh. And she's like, and I work in the nursery too. I was like, oh, do you think they would hire me? She's like, dude, I'm letting you hold my baby right now. (laughs) That's awesome. So she called uh, her boss and gave her my updated number. And then I got called in for an interview and been here ever since. That is so awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is. It's a God thing because how, how you met randomly at the park, right? And, like, and she just amazing? happened to be wearing her name tag. Yep. Mm-hmm. She just happened to have had the staff meeting. Wow. You know, her boss had just happened to mention that they'd looked at this interview and called this person. And, right. You know, it, it's, it's, I, I just feel like God wanted me here. That's really cool. That's really you would cool. think that in the church we would be used to those kind of stories, but I, I'm not. I love I love it every time, and I'm surprised, and um, I have full of wonder, of course, at that every time that happens. And you're right; it's too coincidental to be coincidental. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a God thing. Yeah, and so um, yeah, taking care of kids is a lot of um, it's a lot of fun. It's rewarding, and so right. I love it. For me, like that's where I see God. Yep, I see God in the faces of the children. Cool. That's as close to to God as I can get, um, and maybe it sounds a little nope oh, weird. But well, we're supposed to see Christ in each other, and so yes, um, little ones you can see it shining through sometimes just a little bit more, like um, fully. You know, we yeah. as adults we tend to hide things a little bit more about ourselves, but yeah. kids, you look and it's all right there. So yeah. that's, well, and they're willing to throw it out at you too, yeah, in the best ways and sometimes the worst. <laughs> right? Yes. They are. Well, that's when we just remind them that, okay, those toys stay on the ground. They're not for throwing. <laughs> right. Yes. And yes. you have that gentle voice. And so that's really great. So um, you had talked about that the nature of your relationship and um, that if he wanted something, you did it. And so my guess is that there's a bit of a, more of a story there. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to share with us or part of sure. it? Sure. And, and Zion was actually pretty instrumental in helping me with that. Yeah. So um, it was it was a very abusive relationship in every way imaginable. And I think about, gosh, it's so long ago, sometimes I forget, about 2011, mm-hmm. I decided I was done and I, I just couldn't do it anymore and uh, reached out to Pastor Connie. Good. She helped me. Um, she and Pastor Mark had a neighbor who was getting rid of their old junk car and they gave that to me because I mean we were taking the bus and walking prior to that. Right. Um, she came with me to my court hearings. I had uh, other people in the church who who helped me with various things. Good. And so I really feel like my support here at Zion was really instrumental in helping me to maneuver my way out. Good. So, yeah, because that is not easy to do. Right. And so, um, even if you want to. (laughs) And this was like, this was before like the Purple Lights Initiative and everything. And there's a lot more awareness now. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. And I've never really been sure like where my, where my place is in like domestic violence advocacy because I'm a survivor. So do like, I I never, I want to help, but I don't know like where do I fit in yeah that is so common absolutely I think part of it is there's you can do all kinds of things your biggest um, thing is your story Mm -hmm. and also being in that situation and relating to other people that if you do hear or if someone does confide or you will see those signs Mm -hmm. maybe more clearly Mm -hmm. and quicker than some of us who haven't been in that situation because you're like, ooh, I know what that looks like. Ooh, I know what that is. Well, and something I, I wanted to mention is people need to be really mindful of 
their language. I was at a, at a park one time with my son prior to leaving, and there were two ladies there. I think they were probably sisters or friends, and they were talking about uh, someone that they both mutually knew. And one of them said to the other, well, I just, I just don't know how, how she stays because if anyone treated me like that, I would be out. I have more respect for myself than oh. to stay. And Oh, it's so much more than that. Um, yeah. And I just, and, you know, the first time any man laid a hand on me would be the last. And I just, I felt like, okay, so not only am I being abused, but I'm, I'm at fault because I'm staying. And so not only did I have the shame of being abused, I had the shame of feeling like I was being complicit in the abuse. Right. So, I mean, and, and the, the thing with it is you never know who's going through it. So you just, you gotta be careful. Yeah. What you say, because that, that stuck with me, that those words, that, and that shame that stuck with me for a very long time. Thanks mm-hmm. for saying that. Mm-hmm. I, that, And yes, when I hear those too, I'm like, you are so naive because it's more than just that. It just is so much more happening. It's not that black and white and it's more nuanced and there's so much more that is going on. So I'm glad um, that you heard that. I'm glad that you just said that because yes, and it sounds like you also understand that that isn't, um, that you that you shouldn't or not shouldn't, but that taking that on yourself, you're not to blame. I know that now. Yeah. yeah see, yeah, like, right. you know, now I can hear that in the way yeah. you talk about it, which is really great. And, but also for people out there too, um, there's, there's not. And the other thing I would suggest. So I, when I was in the midst of it, um, some people were aware of what was going on and they would give me ultimatums. Like, if oh. you don't leave him, right. I'm not having contact with you anymore. And that is like the absolute worst thing you can possibly do. Right. Like if if someone you know is going through it, just you, you, just, you can't ever turn your back on them because you never know when it's going to be the time when they're actually ready to go. And even if they go back, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 times, every single time, that they go back to say, I'm here for you. Right. Yep. Unconditionally, I, I'm here. Yep. Good. Wow. Those are, that's awesome. It's so true, you know, because um, in so many of those relationships, it's a power um, thing. And also, there's just so much that goes into it that we don't understand. We just don't. We can't because yeah. we're not in it. And so, yeah, to be gentle with mm-hmm. each other and to just walk beside each other. Mm-hmm. That's really important. I understand that usually women go back or, I mean, men as well. I mean, it's not just women, but usually an abused person goes back um, multiple times before finally leaving. I, I once yeah. heard a statistic that it was something like it takes seven times of leaving before Whoa. you're gone for good. And I know for myself, it was maybe seven or eight yeah. before I before I finally was able to be done for good. Well, I am glad that you are and that you have found this um, place of more wholeness. Um, and so that's yeah. really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and thank you for being able to share all that too. That's just a Sorry, whole other step. Heavy. It yeah. is, but that's part of life, right? Like, and we can carry that with you. We can totally do that. And yeah. even if we don't understand it, we will, yeah. you know, just even walking beside you and being quiet while you tell is. Yeah. 
important. Also, just to switch just a little bit, you had talked about foster care too. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about that. Were you in or... Or yes, was, yeah. I was in the child welfare system. Oh, okay. And I spent approximately maybe half of the time I was in the child welfare system, I spent in foster care, like in an actual oh. foster home. So Homes. we hear mixed things, of course, about that. And so what was your experience like? I'm in a lot of uh, former foster youth groups. And it seems like I'm kind of in the minority in that I'm actually really grateful Good. that I was removed from the home and placed into the child welfare system. Uh, my experience wasn't perfect. It was, it was very difficult in some ways, but I, I'm, I'm grateful. They, they saved my life. They really did. I don't, I don't think I'd be alive right now had it not been for their intervention. And I was in foster care here in Anoka County. Okay. Um, it, it was hard. Um, I remember the, my best friend's mother had done foster care. So I had some kind of familiarity with mm -hmm. what foster care was. And when I was a kid, I remember one time uh, something had happened and my dad said, don't tell because they'll put you in foster care. And that yeah. scared me to death. Right. And so I went to school and one teacher asked me, how did you get that, that mark? Yeah. And I, I lied because I didn't want to go into a foster home because the idea scared me. Right. Um, but when I actually was in foster care, I was like, are you serious? Like this, this is what I had to be scared of. Three meals a day. Nobody's hurting me. Right. I have other people around me. I can talk to people. I'm, I have clothes and I can take showers and I'm not being kept all by myself in a room. Like this is great. Right. And I was, I mean, it was scary though at first, but I was, I was really, I'm really grateful. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm still in touch with my first social worker. Oh, good. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, that's yeah. good. He, he's a good guy. Well, you know, those are bonding moments too, can be. They don't have to be, but they can be. And so those are some big things. And then, um, I think that when we hear that story, that's what we hope that all of them would sound like, right? Like that we hope that we all hope of that. them would be a better situation, um, safe um, environment, you know, yeah. being cared for um, by and others. It, so I think things might be getting a little bit better just because there's so much more awareness now. Um, not enough, but there's more mm -hmm. and yeah, a lot of us who who went through it, you know, prior to some of the awareness, um, you know, struggle still to this day. Yep. I mean, it's typically not always, but typically when when a child is removed from the home, it's due to uh, pretty pretty significant issues, and those yep. things kind of carry with you. Yeah, it's trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we call it. It is. It's trauma yeah. when you have it in your childhood, mm -hmm. and then that um, that is really hard to mm -hmm. um, not have it um, be affect who you are. I mean, it does. It shapes who you are, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that can be, um, you know, lead to making bad decisions or looking for things um, just. Um, because you never had them before mm -hmm. and um, skewed visions of like what 
what is a healthy relationship and what's not. And all of those kind of things are are part of that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a natural thing for it to come with you. Unfortunately, you know? it creates a cycle. That, um, well, a right. Cycle is that's actually kind of interesting that you mentioned that because my father and all of his siblings were in foster care. Wow. Interesting. And this was this was way back in the you know, um, I think it was probably sixties and seventies and eighties when things were even worse than they were when I was in the system. And out of the seven siblings, four had their own children placed in the foster care system. So wow. there is a cycle to it. Oh my sure. gosh. And yeah. And I mean if you look statistically mm-hmm. speaking, I mean the fact that I'm here is is um kind of I, I feel like I'm kind of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um because the the statistics aren't good, no. especially for when you're starting to look at the second generation foster but I'm here because yes. I'm a water bear. A water <laughs> bear. I she called herself a cockroach earlier and I said, No, I'm not gonna let that be there. Well, I mean my, you know, they're about indestructible. That's I mean yeah. that's what we want. Yeah. But then water bears are hard to kill too. So it's well they're good. they're they're just <laughs> tough little little critters and I mean yeah, you can put them through some of the most extreme temperatures. You can bring them into outer space, bottom of the ocean, and they just survive. They just keep right. keep surviving. And I feel like that's me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how, but I just keep surviving. It sounds like you've done some work too, though, on it. Like that you've been reflective and... Yeah. Um, been in therapy a really long yes. time. Yep. <laughs> Exactly, but that's what it takes, you know, for you to um, see a healthy um, way to be and also to just sort of almost reverse some mm-hmm. of the stuff that just are, is kind of almost intrinsic to you because of the way that you were brought up and your experiences and the trauma that you've had, mm-hmm. um, you know, to re- rewire that. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time, and so I'm glad that you've had that opportunity. Oh, I think we all probably could Mm -hmm. work on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot that we could work on. Yeah, trauma is a very broad term in terms of our experiences that we we face. So it is. I think it's a helpful term, though. I think. for me, sometimes uh, I think we discount our past and that um, the impact that it has on us. And when we label it as a trauma, then you have to pay attention yep. because that it's significant. And yeah. that's what I like about the word because I want people to, I don't want to overuse it, but I want it to people to know that our, our, our experiences um, and if they're negative, then it, 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 and it's, positive, they impact us. But, yeah. you know, those negative ones are hard. It's okay to bring it to the forefront. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The, what you said about, you know, labeling it as trauma. Um, that's that's actually a really good point. I was actually talking to my therapist today. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, she was mentioning about how the abuse I had experienced was very severe. And... I was like, well, no, it wasn't that bad. She's like, dude, it was bad. She didn't call me dude, but she's like, dude, it was bad. Yeah. Um, And yes, I guess there was a lot of trauma that happened. And Mm -hmm. I guess labeling it it as such and looking at it as trauma 
Well, because you know that if you were in a car accident, think about all the work you have to get back to being whole again. Yeah. Right? And it's similar in an emotional experience, too. When you experience that, then your body needs to get back into and you need to go through a lot to become whole again Mm -hmm. because it's really has damaged just things. And we don't see it when Mm -hmm. it's that way because it's internal. It's um, how we think and how we feel and how we react and all of those things. Um, And it's all hidden and we all could keep it hidden if we want to, Mm -hmm. um, kind of. And then, um, but nonetheless, there's damage and it needs to be worked on. And Mm. so that's what you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, I can tell, you know, by talking to you and the way that you phrase things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is good. I mean, that's exactly because you're reframing, you know, your experience and that you've learned that, yes, um, that you felt shame and what did shame you, you know, Mm. what made you feel shame, but also knowing that, um, that that wasn't your fault. Right. 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 Like it's not, you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. It was a result of what's been done. And also what's not helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you said about the ladies in the park too. Like you're just like, it's not helpful. Yeah. And later on, I I figured that one out. Yeah. At the time it was, yeah, I was, uh, I just, I felt shame. Yeah. Shame, so much shame, because I was allowing myself to be abused. I was allowing my child to grow up in that environment, and it was just, that was almost almost as bad as the abuse itself, was that shame that I internalized. Mm -hmm. Oh, again. Very damaging. Another trauma. It's another hit, you know. It's like you're falling off your bicycle and you're skinning your knee. You have to Thanks, figure so out how to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just, I know, it adds. But people don't know and yes, it's hard when we're not compassionate. I think that's part of that sunder part, right? Like that you, that we talk about, like we don't realize what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. On the outside, it may look like everything's fine and mm-hmm. we have it all figured out or whatever. And yet, oh, there's so much, you know, on the inside. I feel like, you know, having gone through some of the, the abuse I did as a child, I'm very good at at masking. Oh, yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. it was, you, you weren't supposed to talk about it. And, yeah. uh, yep. Yeah, that was another thing in my family. It was, we weren't supposed to feel feelings. Right. We could feel happy, but not too happy. Because if you were too happy, there was something wrong with you. We couldn't right. express sadness. Um, I, I actually wasn't allowed to grieve my mother's death. Yeah. Um, which did a number on me later on. Um, yep. We weren't allowed to be angry. Mm-hmm. You know, we could just be these little happy potatoes that, mm-hmm. you know, just sat there and didn't... Uh, get into any trouble. I mean, there was all this trouble to be gotten into. And you know, when you say that, I just think in my head about all the people that could be listening or may know somebody who has had that similar experience. I'm not going to say same, but similar, like, ooh, I know what that was like. Mm -hmm. Or, ooh, my house was like that too. Or... Mm -hmm. 
all of those things because you're not alone. There are unfortunately um, many out there that have that same sort of expectation, you know, in from their families. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's it's difficult um, to move past that and and to. I mean, especially when it starts so young and that's like what you grow up with. Right. And um, yeah, like not being allowed to grieve that one, that was probably the biggest like emotional trauma for me. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, aside from my mother's actual passing. Right. Because um, she, yeah. she passed when I was four and I was alone with her when she passed and I was alone with her for about 12 hours. Oh, wow. Following her death. And yeah, nobody ever really talked to me about it. So like everyone in my family, I discovered, didn't really know what happened when she died. And I was like, you know, my dad said to me one day, you know, I can't imagine what it was like for you waking up and your mom doesn't respond. And I was like, that's what you thought happened? No, I was there like when she actually like died. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. But no one asked no one asked me, and no. I remember I talked to the medical examiner's office because I was trying to figure out what happened, mm -hmm. and I was telling him what happened, and he's like, why isn't this in the report? And I was like, well, I mean, I was four. He goes, oh, well, how do you remember all this? I was like, well, how do I not? Right. right. Um, yeah, and having to having to put that away... Um, you know, it's int I was um, doing a grief support group this uh, week, and w the video that we saw, this gentleman said that um, when you want to like ignore your grief or you um, bury it, mm -hmm. you're burying feelings that are alive. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fascinating to me. I had never thought of that. And so those alive feelings aren't going to stay dormant. Because they're alive, they'll come out some way, and, oh, and so they do. Big. Right, the, the, the harder yeah. you bury them, the bigger they come out when they do. But when, I, but hearing that those feelings are alive, that helps me to sort of visualize it a little bit more. And like, of course, so you can't bury those for long because they're still moving and shaking mm -hmm. within you mm -hmm. somehow, right? Like that's that's the yeah. part where I was like, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Yep, yeah, it's, it's mm. like a pot. You know, you put it on the back the back burner mm -hmm. and you put a lid on it, but you, that it's still boiling. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so true. You know, when you described yourself to begin with, you said, I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know that that's such a great, uh, part of who you are and yeah. how you identify. And so that's the joy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. My, my son saved my life. Yeah. Um, I was in a really dark place and he was a, a very happy surprise. Yeah. And I remember feeling like there was no single worse person in the world to be a mother than me. I was like, I don't know how to be a mom. Mm -hmm. My mom died when I was four. I didn't grow up in the best situation. I don't know how to parent. I, I didn't have very good examples, but I, but then I was thinking, well, I know what not to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also felt almost as though God was giving me a second chance. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Samantha, here is an opportunity to start this this new journey. Yep. And so I did a complete 360. I went back into therapy, started seeing my doctors again, and I read every single parenting book I could get mm -hmm. my hands on. Yep. I was just determined that I was going to be the very best mother I could be. Yep. And I was going to try to be the kind of mother 
or parent that I wished I'd had growing up. Right. And um, yeah, my son is, he's my reason. He's, yep. I love him more than I knew I could love. Isn't so, that cool? Yeah. This, uh, you reminded me of something you said earlier. You mentioned, you know, the odds were against you, right. especially for being your dad being a second gen foster child. Mm-hmm. But you, you put all that work in and you, you broke those odds. Like, I don't think anything was stacked against you because you were determined enough to do it. Uh, you did it. Broke yeah. the cycle. Yeah. I just, uh, it, and um, for me, again, um, I think about it as like um, that resurrection kind of, mm-hmm. um, you could put that language on it, you know, that, because you said it's a new life. Mm-hmm. And it is. So you can, um, you know, the other stuff is dead in um, the bad stuff right and so then now you have had this resurrection um to a new life and a healthier relationship with um your son and all of those good things and he's a great guy and um although i mean being a single mom is still hard but um it is but it's better than the alternative right Mm -hmm. infinitely better and you have support i know um too which is good and um that's important and then yeah and i've actually have even been able to uh, have a relationship with my father wow that's awesome i I was able to reach a place of forgiveness okay and understanding with him um so that that's actually been going pretty well good that's, That's amazing. Awesome. That that was. Uh, I didn't talk to him for a very long time. We we were no contact. But I, I came to the realization one day that the things that he did and allowed to happen, it wasn't because he was trying to harm me. It was because he did not know any better, and he thought that what he was doing was correct. His wife, on the other hand, mm, yeah, no, different story. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, but uh, it's it's been. It's been nice to to kind of get to know him, and he is. Um, I feel like he's definitely trying to be a better father now than he was when you know we were kids. Yep. So it's another yeah. resurrection, maybe. It's so mm-hmm. weird because Jeff comes from um, his dad abandoned my husband. His dad abandoned them, kind of physically, emo- emotionally, all that kind of stuff. And so, but it was really interesting when we had children. Mm-hmm. How he how he was a grandpa, like he was. Jeff could still never get over it. Like I, I've never seen my dad this way. He would have never done that with us. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and yeah. it was really fascinating. It was hard for him. It was hard to reconcile a little bit. Well, I'm you know? sure because you but, don't, you didn't get that growing up but at the same time you're happy that your kids get yes 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 and so it's really it's fascinating i know it's um that people people change and they grow and yeah yeah. and like with your your father's wife though like you said um some people don't yeah, some people don't. <laughs> so you kind of have to pick and choose, right? And to protect yourself and your loved oh, ones. Ex-wife, sorry. Ex-wife, good. Yes. yes. So there is all of that, man. Yeah, your journey hasn't been a straight one. I don't think anyone's is, but you've mm-hmm. had a few more rocks in your path than others. But like you said, you're a water bear. <laughs> I am a water bear. <laughs> Resilient is what I would say. Destructible, and, practically. Um, 
but you have made good choices to get help and to read and to seek advice and all of those things which from healthy people, which is good. So yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful for you and you do such a great job here at Zion working with our kids too. And so I love what that lady said to you in the um, park. She said, duh, I'm letting you hold my baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, exactly. I love working here. You've cared for my kids. Yes. 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 I know. So. I remember, um, I think it was uh, Carl or Soren yeah. was riding around on the little, little ride on car and they're, he was saying, I'm going to funky town. And <laughs> I thought that was just the most funny thing. I just, yeah, that cracked me up. <laughs> so I have the utmost confidence in you, of course. If I put my children in your care, then I know. Yeah. And so that's really great. And it's fun because um, our boys are the same age too. So it's kind of fun to have that yeah. experience too. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been real. I think my favorite thing about working here is getting to, you know, there's some families who come really consistently mm -hmm. and you get to see this child from, from birth yes. to, you know, then they start to, you know, crawl and yeah. then they start to walk and then they start to talk. And it's just, yep. it's such a privilege and an honor to me to be a very small part of these kids and families' lives for a really short period of time. Yeah, it's, it is. Um, yeah. We said that. We always say that. We love that part. That's one of the things we love it's, about this, too. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. an honor. It is. Oh, my gosh. It is. Yeah. So thank you for all you do. And um, we wish you just the best as you continue this journey. So, yeah. And thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. I'm sure it means a lot to people that will hear it and yeah. maybe give a little hope. Could so. I could I say something for anyone who's going through a yeah. difficult Absolutely. time? Um, if you are a child and anyone is mistreating you, I would recommend that you just keep reaching out for help. Try to find positive adults and positive relationships, whether it be with friends, friends, parents, teachers, um, because you're not alone and it'll get better. And for anyone in a domestic violence situation, please know that it is not your fault and right. you don't deserve it. Nope. And uh, it, it can get better and you deserve more. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any resources that you want to share that you know of? Sure. So with um, Anoka County, there is the Anoka County Child Welfare Department, the Anoka County Child Protective Services. They actually have an anonymous online uh, reporting. There is a fantastic social worker that works there named Jeff Oaks. Mm -hmm. He was my social worker. Mm -hmm. He's still there. He doesn't do the intake stuff anymore. Yep. But wonderful, wonderful man. And then there's also the Alexandra House. Yep. They helped me so, so much. They were a huge resource. There's also, I don't know if they're still doing um, domestic violence groups, but they were at one time the Lee Carlson Center. Right, yes. Uh, they had a fantastic uh, group therapy. Yep. I, I think they might still. I think they are too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and, and church, your local church, right. if, if you attend one, um, and even if you don't, I'm sure if, if you were to walk in any local church and say, I need help, yep. I have especially Zion, I have absolutely no doubt that yep. you wouldn't receive some kind of assistance. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you.
what I can. Wonder and Sunder is co-hosted by Sue Walliger and myself, Josh Myronick. The show's artwork and editing are done by me. Follow us on social media at WonderSunderAnoka on Instagram and Twitter or on Facebook at Wonder and Sunder. Questions about Wonder and Sunder or suggestions on future guests? Email us at WonderSunderAnoka at gmail.com.